Hey there, folks, loved ones, and fellow travelers. Just wanted to share something new on the heart. Rather, not something new, but something, I guess, deeper. It's been um, on my heart for some time now to always be trying to figure out what God's doing in this day and age. Um, So much is happening, so much is going on. And I think within the last couple years of my life, I've been wanting to understand um, not just what he's doing in my life, but what he's doing around me, because I'm a firm believer in the fact that um, part of our mandate, a part of our calling is to be helping others operate to the fullest capacity um, in what uh, they're called to. And, you know, a lot of people uh, will springboard off of the mountain mandate, seven mountain mantle. Um, um, I'm all for that. And I think it goes a little deeper because I think part of our earth realm mandates, there also comes kingdom realm mandates, which supersede that, obviously. And, um, you know, this, I think it was just today, there was um, a prophet, a prophetic word that was shared um, in our church. And um, that was uh, very, uh, that was connected to another word that was given maybe two weeks ago. And it was right in line because it's, you know, it's what the Lord has been showing me is, um, as a part of this move of the people of God to be unhindered and unencumbered and to be untethered. And there are a lot of systems that are still calling us um, to death. Um, and, you know, that goes back to the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. And I heard it so, uh, it was put so well by a guy named Chris Carter, who I listened to, a lot, like a lot of his teachings, basically said that the the tree of knowledge of good and evil presented to Adam and Eve the ability to compare what was there, to basically compare life versus death or to reason a way in which uh, there was something better or um, something that was um, uh, different, you know. And we go through those things all, you know, already, um, so, you know, I, I don't think that there's, um, you know, a sin in comparison, but I think that's where uh, the orig- origination of it came was in the garden. Adam and Eve are understanding themselves to need something different than what God had provided. And um, it's so important to me right now in this season because I think all of us are having to understand what it means to... Um, walk in a new age, a new, a new season for each one of us. Um, and you know, today I, um, I tried to film, um, this word of untethering and, um, you know, properly ascending and I didn't have the audio on my camera. So, um, you would have had a way better version of what you're getting now. So forgive me. Um, but essentially uh, the word that's been on my heart and the word that's continually to evolve is Egypt has been provided for us by way of the world systems as uh, escapist uh, um, paradigms, um, ways in which we can uh, couch our identity here on earth and ultimately just, um, you know, 
ideas and systems and ways of living that are comfortable for us. And, you know, I, I, I never want anybody to ever think that there's um, no joy in this call, this walk. I think there's so much joy to be had in everything we experience. Um, I think that's, you know, it's peace, love, joy, you know, or love, joy, peace, whichever comes first. I can't remember. But the fruit of the Spirit. And the Lord wants us to enjoy Him and enjoy His creation. Um, however, I think that we have a tendency as people to enjoy the earth and enjoy its comfortabilities more than we do, um, you know, some of the other things in life that we're called to. So needless to say, um, the chains um, were something that were seen to be uh, fallen off in our um, meeting today. And the word that the young lady had um, was just basically um, saying that she saw chains, old chains and new chains in the sanctuary, hanging down from the rafters or the ceilings, I guess. And, um, you know, some of them were rusted, and meaning that some of the chains had been there for a long time, and then some of them were new, meaning that people had succumbed to new fears. You know, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is 2020 and COVID. And um, also, you know, the old chains, I believe, represent a lot of the church system, uh, church systems that have been holding um, the church back. You know, um, I'm a firm believer in God using, um, you know, what has been to grow us into what we're supposed to be. Um, you know, that's to say that I don't think uh, that everything that came from the church age or came from our church systems as we know it now are going to fall away. I believe that there's going to be a melding of the two. Um, you know, one thing that's been on my heart is the Lord is showing me that churches are going to be more unified. You know, I've just seen it. Even now, if you look in the worship, look at, you know, worship on YouTube or you worship with Bethel or Maverick City or um, Elevation Worship or any other group that's out there that you like, you'll see that there's a move of people to start to incorporate um you know, women, men, different, you know, different colors, creeds, cultures, all that stuff. And obviously, I think churches are, you know, some of them are wanting to um, appear to be sensitive, you know, racially woke, I guess is the best way to put it. However, I believe there's some churches that have been doing that already, and they've been wanting the Lord, um, the Lord's expression of his people, all of his creation to be um, on display. Um, that's just one thing. You know, but I think, um, you know, a lot of the systems that are falling now have a lot to do with, um, you know, the mirror systems of corporation and the mirror systems of economics and politics to where at the core of a lot of these systems there has been superiority and consume consumability, consumerism um, at the um, at the core of these systems. So across the board, people have, the people that have built the systems, the people that have been a part of managing money or, um, policing justice, for instance, or being a part of, um, you know, creating the infrastructure, actually the labor of the infrastructure have been left on the wayside. And the people that actually make decisions and pocket more of the profit 
are the ones that are typically um, creating not just the systems um, themselves, but the systems, I guess, around, um, you know, the systems that create the disparity in wealth and the disparity and uh, who makes decisions, you know, even with churches in general, churches, you know, people don't go um, into church generally to make money. Um, sometimes people go into ministry because it gives them a sense of identity and sometimes power. And so what has happened is, you know, you don't see money being hoarded, but you're seeing power and um, you see authority being hoarded. And, um, you know, this just goes to say that there's a lot of different manifestations of what these systems are going to look like when they're um, when they're operating outside of the Lord. But in the end, it's not allowing God's creation to operate as it was meant to. And that's across the board. So what's happening is that um, uh, if you look in the Bible, there are people always crying out to the Lord. And we see snapshots, uh, particularly with the Israelites and them coming out of Egypt and or, you know, in other places where they're coming out of Babylonian captivity. They're crying out to God to change circumstance. Right. And. This is, um, you know, right now, I would liken our period to a jubilee period where things are being right, made right, rather. And, you know, I think it's just a part of God's economy, um, how, how, how his kingdom works to set captives free. You know, he's, you know, that's what Jesus came here for, obviously, to set us free from ourselves, from our fallen DNA, our fallen nature. But I think part of what's going on now is we're setting not just people free, but setting systems free. Now, obviously, the systems are being run by people or being governed by people or being, you know, used by people, you know. However, um, you know, the most important part that, you know, the Lord's been leading me to understand is that the the systems are supposed to be interacting with God's kingdom, that all these things are almost the the representations of how God's kingdom works. And if we understand the way things have been operating for a long time, the way the the world, the way the world is 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 a um, shadow of of God's kingdom. And that simply means that the enemy of the air, the prince of the air has been trying to uh manufacture systems that look like God's kingdom but they aren't really God's kingdom, right? So um, people amassing money, power, dominion over these earthly mountains, all they have to do to amass these things is to give homage to Satan, to believe in his lies, the accusations about themselves, their fallen nature, and to worship him. The name of the game has always been for people to worship him and not worship the Lord, right? All of creation is groaning, right? So all of creation is groaning for the sons and daughters to take up the rightful places. The why behind it is that we are the ones that understand how to get out of Egypt. We're the ones that understand how to break out of the matrix, so to speak. And we are the ones that understand that uh, God... Our Father has the wisdom, has the power, has the authority to lead us into spacious places. So 
the big picture that the Lord is kind of continuing to remind me of is that um, the chains holding us back are sometimes societal, meaning there's cultural norms, paradigms that we just kind of take in as normal and we incorporate them in our daily lives. We allow business practices to be pervasive. We allow subjugation of women or men, you know, people of different races and creeds to be okay as long as the bottom line is met and as long as the people in our circles are happy, right? Those are societal norms. Those are things that, you know, allow um, uh, a disparity of money and resources to occur or, you know, simply just systems that are unfair that create disadvantage. The other part is there are spiritual things that have been connected to humanity, right? So even the believers, even the people in the churches, they're understanding that they're not free, right? But they don't know how to break free. So most of what we've been doing in our church age, especially in, in a lot of clinical situations, whether they're Christians or not, is there's been behavior modification. Behavior modification just allows us to change what we look like, right? But it doesn't change how we feel, right? So when we operate in times of stress, disorder, things that are out of... Uh, you know, that are, you know, you can't, they're unpredictable, like COVID, right? Such, you know, markets are crashing and, and, and jobs are just, you know, joblessness is all-time high. These are things that you can't account for. What happens when your world crumbles? What happens when the things that you've expected to be a certain way are no longer predictable, right? Money, finances, marriage, relationships, et cetera. Even as a Christian, you're having a hard time putting the pieces together and making it on your own, right? And so a lot of Christians, um, I've seen it. I've, I've, you know, um, I've been hearing stories, been praying for people in my own circles um, for the restoration of the things that they've had lost to, right? And, and on top of that, there's also been some great stories, right? So the things that have been falling away, the things that have been sort of, sort of in Egypt, right? They've been falling away and the Lord has been replacing those things with him, right? So Yahweh's righteousness allows us, his wisdom allows us to see who's on the throne really. And the things of this world have been given too much of a place of prominence, Right, and that, that goes to this idea that there's a spiritual bondage, not just societal bondage, but spiritual bondages that are keeping us out of uh, the promised places, right? So there's bitterness, unforgiveness, fear, anger. Those are all spirits, by the way, right? And so in the name of Jesus, we rebuke those things. We rebuke anxiety in the name of Jesus. We rebuke scarcity. We rebuke the orphan spirit, spirits of orphan, you know, those types of things, because those are real things. Those are entities that we must battle, the spirit. And those are things that we don't really lay any word to because most of the time we've been able to, with our own human intellect and our own tools and paradigms that are from a natural derivative, we've been able to work this out on our own. In fact, Billy Graham will say on some, you know, some, I don't know what, what book he, he it was, but he's basically saying, you know, the people of the Lord don't need God. As long as they have money, they'll even create their own revivals. They'll, they'll create the next program that will be a move of God. 
They'll do a soup kitchen. They'll do a backpack trip. They'll do a missions trip, whatever you call it. And they'll raise enough money. And they'll go to Honduras and Haiti or whatever it is. And they will um, do the kingdom work, right? And it's not to say those things weren't awesome. You know, I'm pretty sure that bringing medicine and, and books and crayons and, you know, clothes and whatever it might be was a beneficial thing to the people in those indigenous places and, you know, the, the, to the natives of those places. So, you know, that's cool. The, the thing is, is that that was, that has been the, that has been how we've done business as usual. Business as usual has been not just that from, you know, from a missional standpoint, it's just been in general, how do we do church from a programmatic standpoint? How do we get people in the seats? How do we get people saved? And how do we keep them invested in our franchise, for lack of a better term, right? And so we've been doing the business of church, but not the business of God. So the business of church has been in it, one in and of itself a stronghold, right? And so, you know, I preface all this to say, look, this is a part of it I totally understand and it's by the grace of god that i see any of it for what it is right so it's to say that god has a grace over it but he's moving his people from it because it's not allowing his streams of living water to flow in it there's sometimes stop gaps there's sometimes plugs there's sometimes people who are allowed to stand in the way of a move of god Right or people in general, groups of people, right, and so the Lord is you know in His timing in the way that He works, He's moving, He's making this happen. But um, this is where we we are right now is we have got to pray into these things, pray for our leaders, pray for wisdom, pray for all the mountains that the Lord has caused your eyes to gaze over. So pray for. The education systems, pray for your neighbors, pray for your communities, pray for your delegates, your mayors, whatever it might be. We're going to start coming into a time um, where our prayer, we're going to start seeing our prayers manifest in power and authority. We're going to start understanding that what we've been walking into has more power and authority than ever before. And, you know, I believe that there's, you know, there's a lot of things going on. You know, for instance, the Lord showed me at some point in time that he was, he was, he was sending more angels, dispatching more angels, right? So the spiritual energy right now is higher than ever, higher than, well, than a lot, and it's been in a long time, I should say. So... I end this one and, you know, I'll pick up in another podcast, but I end this one to say, um, start asking God to show you the Egypt that is around you. And if need be, ask God to show you the Egypt might be inside. You know, he's always wanting to increase our character and integrity so that we can harmonize with him. We can be closer to the Lord and more able to handle what he wants to give us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the blessing of the breath of life. I thank you for eyes to see, ears to hear, um, the mind of Christ 
just the understanding that you're with us. You've never left us or forsaken us. And you calling your company of burning hearts. You're calling your, the people of, of Yahweh to see the world for what it is. So Holy Spirit, uh, help us to wake up and arise. Help uh, the, the saints who are wary rise up and take their positions. Help those who are trying to um, uh, bring forth a move of God. Help them come into the presence of the Lord. Help them see their identities as sons and daughters of Zion, sons and daughters of Yahweh. And Lord, more importantly, just help us um, know you. Help us to see you for who you are, that we may know the presence of the Lord. We may know the voice of the Lord. We may know the angels that you've sent to be near to us. We may know the cloud of witnesses and all that entails with those relationships, those those uh, those connections in the heavenlies. Always pray to pray for the people listening. I pray for their rest, their coming, their going. I pray for power and authority on their vocations. I pray for everything that's under their stewardship that they may know that the hand of the Lord is upon them. The hand of the Lord is with them. The hand of the Lord is, is near to them. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you just pave the way for new revelation, pave the way for new understandings in the Spirit. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. I will be posting again very shortly because I'm trying to um, increase the bandwidth. Increase the bandwidth. So, I'll catch you next time. Peace out.